This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside to the latest Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon podcast. Every week, we spotlight a memorable, if not relevant, team from the world of sports and take a look at what made them so memorable that year in sports history. And today we take a look at the last time the Knicks were relevant, 1999, when they made it all the way to the NBA Finals, only to lose to the San Antonio Spurs in five games. But this was the last Knicks team to really break through and capture New York and capture the country with, hey, the Knicks... NBA royalty, they're pretty good. And it was, a, it was a season that surprised many people. There were many twists and turns, a big injury the Knicks had to overcome. But for all the talk of how the NBA needs teams like the Knicks and the Lakers to always be good, this is the last time you counted on the Knicks for being good. Every year since then has been, well, maybe they'll be good until they out and out stunk. But this was the last time you could say, boy, the Knicks were mail carriers in the NBA. A lot of wishing, wanting, hoping. And it really worked out for the NBA twice when Michael Jordan went away. The first time is when you got the 94-95 against Houston. When Jordan was on his baseball sabbatical. And then now Jordan walks into the sunset at least for a moment, for the second time. And here you have the Knicks breakthrough in what was really a mutant season. It was some kind of year, and no one saw this run coming for the New York Knicks. And this is because, not because, well, are the Knicks good? We're not sure. But remember, this is the lockout year. Yeah. So the NBA started late, and the Knicks were a team that... Well, how good is anybody going to be? We're going to play about 50 games, and then we're going to see where we're at. And no one really knew how how fast are teams going to get out of the gate. Are they going to decide, hey, we got to 
be great right away? Are we going to still try to ease into the season and figure things out and figure out a rotation? No one really knew what to expect. And even though the Knicks wound up in the NBA Finals, the journey they took to get there, they finished eighth in the Eastern Conference. They barely made the playoffs. They played 50 games, and the Knicks go into this season, and two trades were made that not just made them better, but really made them wave goodbye to the Knicks of the mid-90s, the Knicks teams that were going to beat Jordan, that were powered by Xavier McDaniel and Patrick Ewing and John Starks. They made two big trades. They traded away Charles Oakley in a deal to Toronto for Marcus Camby, and they traded John Starks in a three-player deal to Golden State for Latrell Sprewell. And for Sprewell, who was known as the guy that choked P.J. Carlesimo, yeah. this was the the anticlimax, I would say. You had the climax to his career, which was really what went on with Golden State. But then people forget he led the Knicks to the NBA Finals. No, it's a bonus scene at the end of a Marvel movie. That's uh, Okay, right. that's what So yes. we got through it. You I'm think that's the story. He's like, no, wait, there's one more thing. And you're waiting. All right, is, do we get a sequel out of this? Well, no, you don't. But you had him rise up one last time. This Knicks roster, we're going to read some of the players who were on this team, and, and the big thing the Knicks had going for them is they were really, really deep. They had a lot of players who were good enough for average to above average players to play a lot of minutes. You know, we talked about Marcus Camby coming over. Chris Childs was a really good guard who played a lot of minutes then. Patrick Ewing was still playing well. He was 33 years old. Allen Houston was scoring 20 a game, even though he never lived up to the contract he got. Larry Johnson was enjoying his final swan song in the NBA. Kurt Thomas was a player who contributed a power forward. Charlie Ward Coming off of the Heisman Trophy, you know, tried to make it an NBA career and wound up starting, coming off the bench for the Knicks for a lot of years. You know, Herb Williams, David Wingate. The Knicks were pretty deep. They didn't have a lot of players who were superstars, but this was a roster that was put together. Okay, we're going to go eight, nine deep and not lose a lot from our starting lineup to our bench. Well, and, and that's sick because it wasn't packed with superstars at the top. You paid them like it. Certainly, Alan Houston got paid like it, mm-hmm. but sure. and you, you're, I see you grimace as I say Contract. that. <laughs> oh, my and then he got hurt and every, everything. It, it spiraled quickly. I had a, a friend who was a really big Alan Houston fan, and I remember the tortured look on her face. Did he give? Did he give her money? No. <laughs> <laughs> How about some of that cash you stole? I mean, God, from hey, the Knicks. Hey. Hey, he earned the right to have that guaranteed contract. But like you say, you're looking at so many guys that contributed 20 or more minutes. You're looking at going eight deep where you can go to your bench and mm-hmm. work. And again, when you're talking, is you, you use the term on their last runs mm-hmm. for all these guys. I mean, you're talking about a team that is average age, pretty old. I mean, you're looking at guys in their low 30s and then Ewing sitting there. And knowing his knees were going to give any day now, I mean, that was where you were at with this team for one shortened run. Look, and, and making trades for Spreewell and Candy got them younger. I mean, that was well, that's oh, we're scary. Get younger with these yeah. guys. Wow, okay. Uh, but this was Jeff Van Gundy now in his fourth year as Knicks head coach, and he was starting to gain his reputation as being a defensive wizard. And look, bringing in Latrell Sprewell, who came off the bench for a while, Sprewell bought in, played great defense, and Marcus Camby came in as a rim protector, and he played great defense. Mm-hmm. He really didn't hit his stride until the playoffs, but both these guys turned from, hey, all right, now we're turning the page, let's see what we get, and they turn into be incredibly important players as the Knicks got into the playoffs. Yeah, you, you look at what Marcus Camby, I mean, it's kind of one of those afterthoughts in our NBA history. I, I don't know if... 
he ever got the credit because the numbers weren't there or maybe the teams he played on because there weren't giant accolades. But as a rebounder and defensive player, I mean, now he'd be one of the most celebrated guys going with all the advanced metrics we have Mm -hmm. for changing shots and everything. They're a good player, but... (laughs) You know, certainly on this team, overshadowed by some of the other names. So as the Knicks get ready for the 1998-1999 season, let's concentrate on the year 1999. So this is when they actually went to the NBA Finals. What happened back as the Knicks were set for that big run in my last time? I really, really enjoyed the Knicks. In a minute. 1999. In 1999, the U.S. Women's World Cup team won the Brandy Chastain whipping her shirt off, scoring a goal, beating China to win the World Cup. Change women's soccer forever. Everybody wanted to know, is the Y2K bug going to cause the downfall of humanity? Are you ready? Are all these companies, they have all this time to get ready. No, when the computers all hit 2,000, they're all going to shut down. You know who had to sit around the Yahoo offices for days on end? Ready for that? Am I sitting across from you? You are sitting across from him right now. <laughs> they fed us well, at least. Napster debuted. How about I can't tell how many, you hours? how many albums. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. I just, do you want to rip this song? Do you want to rip this music? Yes, I'm making CDs. Rip it all. I've got, I I got under this guy's L drive, and I can get 100 gigs. Bring it. <laughs> I would spend so much time just go, what are you looking for? I don't know. I'm, anything I want to. I'll, I'll, well, I'm, that's the thing. You, you didn't, had no cost. It didn't matter. Other than your time. And, and at that time, it, you could still sell space. Mm-hmm. And now you can buy expansion, you know terabyte <laughs> drives for nickels. <laughs> Back then it was, I don't know, I only got so much space on this thing. Uh, that's when I started listening to the Avalanches. I'm like, oh, I found them on someone. I'm like, wow, the Avalanches are pretty fun. They've been around for like 20 years. How about that? Was I looking for them? No, but if it's free music, I'll look forever. Oh, boy, before I had kids, you can do that. What kind of wormhole was that? SpongeBob SquarePants premiere. The legend. Who? Lance Armstrong wins his first Tour de France, back when Lance Armstrong was a name that everybody respected and kind of peaked with his appearance in dodgeball. But that was his first Tour de France (laughs) victory, Lance Armstrong. And, of course, 1999, everybody waited in line to see the Phantom Menace. I have to see what George Lucas comes up with before I widely pan it and trounce it on uh, any avenue and, and platform I have. They rented out a theater for us. It was a big, you know, together moment at, at Yahoo. Uh, but the it was the early morning. I was working a weird shift because I was helping run the sports site. So they're like, ah, you, you want to come? I was like, absolutely. I walked in. One guy had all the mini bottles. I had a couple of jugs of orange juice. They let us into the theater. It was good times. <laughs> what do you got in there? Orange juice. All right, come on. No, in. literally, on I was in. carrying gallons in. of orange juice. In. There was no hiding what we were yeah. about to do what else is in, in that there? theater. Just orange juice. No. All right, come on in. Come no, on the in. other come guy had gone and bought <laughs> mini bo- bottles of insert your favorite beverage here. <laughs> so that was what things looked like in 1999. Now, what did things look like for the Knicks? Wait till we tell you how they got in the playoffs. And wait till we tell you and remind you about some of the biggest plays in recent NBA history and how they went down and how they involved the Knicks and their run to the NBA Finals. The unforgettable 1998-1999 Knicks continues here as special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. 
Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. As we continue on the special teams podcast with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, looking back at the 1998-1999 New York Knicks, who defied all odds to make it to the NBA Finals, where they fell to the San Antonio Spurs. The regular seasons we talked about with the lockout was only going to be 50 games. And early on, Patrick Ewing got hurt and Latrell Sprewell got hurt. So the Knicks really couldn't get into an offensive rhythm. They were a really good defensive team, but they had trouble scoring points. They kind of meandered their way through the regular season. No real instances or glimmers to show you they could be an NBA Finals team. They were 21-21 and 21 going into the final eight games of the season. I mean, this is a, a, a case where you're 21 and 21. You can or maybe not make the playoffs. It's a toss-up at that point. The Knicks had to go on a run to win six of their last eight games just to make it. They get in as the eight seed over Charlotte, where no one expected anything of them, even though they were they were hot. It was okay. Well, the Knicks are the eight seed. The Miami Heat who everybody thought was they, they were ascending. They were going to be the next great team coming out of the Eastern Conference. They were going to wind up being they were going to dispatch the Knicks very easily in the first round. But it turned out the Knicks were peaking. We didn't know that at this time, though, because we're at the 50 point or the 50 game mark of what would be a normal regular season. Now, with time to look back at this, you can say, all right, the Knicks would have been a great team because if they started playing this well, once everybody got back and healthy at game 50, this would have been a team that was 21 and 21, would have gone on a run, would have gotten into the maybe the top half of the Eastern Conference and been a really good team in the playoffs. But it turns out they peaked at a time when they were just starting to come together as a team. But instead of the regular season, hey, the last 30 games are going to be really tough. It's, hey, now that it counts, we're going to surprise everybody in the playoffs. Well, and the business of basketball being different in general back then, but certainly 
in this particular year, right? You have your off season, which extended forever because of the lockout, but really because of the compressed schedule, once you were in it, it wasn't a lot of shuffling, right? You were still finding yourself. Maybe you had the, they had the early injuries, which probably was all the better for mm-hmm. when they finally got into this run. When you talk about the number of veterans that they pulled together, but certainly Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway, and that crew with Jamal Mashburn. I mean, you thought, all right, scores, and they were going to get bullied, right? Mm-hmm. The identity that they'd had in the mid-90s seemingly gone, and just out of the gate, they get punched in the mouth. This turns out to be a classic first-round series. This is back when the first round was only five games, which was a huge advantage to the lower-seeded teams because you could get hot and win a Mm five-game series against a really good team. But you play seven games, and normally talent and the higher seed wills out. But because it was a five-game series, the Knicks take this series with the Heat to five games, and it ends with a play that is probably my favorite Knicks memory of all time because, you know, listen, I hated the Miami Heat when I was a Knicks fan. You know, look, I'm not crazy about a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference (laughs) as a Knicks fan, but the Heat was a big rival. And... It comes down to the final seconds of game five and one of the most famous shots in NBA history. Allen Houston hits a floater in the lane that he just kind of throws up and it bounces up off the back of the rim, off the backboard and down through the net for the game winning shot. The Knicks go absolutely crazy and they go on to the second round of the playoffs. Still, nobody took the Knicks seriously because, wow, they pulled the big first-round upset. They beat the Miami Heat. Now the Eastern Conference is wide open. The Indiana Pacers are happy because now they're the favorites going on. It was just a fun moment for the Knicks and maybe the moment of Allen Houston's career where when he looks back at his entire career, besides counting money, it's this shot. But you've seen that shot so many times. The floater, it's the rim, it's the backboard, it's through. The Knicks all tackle him and the Heat are just stunned. We just went home to the Knicks. We just went home in five games. Well, you just look at the way this this series set up, right? Back and forth, win-loss, win-loss, and come back with the buzzer beater. You know, Ewing was 22 and 11 in that game. Houston, it was five five for 12 before that shot, only 43% from the field for the heat. You know, they shot 39%. Yeah. Right. One of those classic, you don't get defense like this anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, one of those teams didn't break 105? <laughs> but that what was the way doing. The, well, that was the way the NBA was I in the know, 90s. You, you I, I miss it. You know, people have this misconception of the 90s of because they think about Michael Jordan and they must think, boy, the free the free flowing up and down NBA. No, that was the 80s. That was the 80s when teams like the Denver Nuggets who would shoot the ball every five seconds. Hey, final in Denver, 152, 149. Wow, that's awesome. But the 90s was more, you could play defense. It was harder to score. And the referees allowed teams to play defense. You could still hand check. You could still get an elbow in a guy's kidney. I mean, there were a lot of ways... Call it what it is. Hello, kidney. I'm the elbow. Go watch, go watch guys jostle in the low post. Yeah. There's a lot of physicality. Now you go on and you breathe on a guy back of the guy's neck getting into the lane, and you're getting called for a foul. But overall, great defense here. Morning, just 6 of 14 from the field. Still 21 points. But talk about just shutting down the outside shot. Well, and look, and this Knicks team would never make it now because they don't let you play defense like this. Right. Although they'd be better than the Knicks now, but this team would never make yeah. it now because I'd the like style to see these play. players actually <laughs> against the current Knicks. To be honest with oh, you, oh wow, that'd be you mean with their current ages? Because all these guys are in their fifties. That's now. fine. Oh, okay, all right. 
I think I could still get a good 15 minutes out of Patrick Ewing in the low post. Charles Oakley still has a lot of fight. You saw, you saw him getting kicked out of Madison Square Garden a couple of years ago. He will still be a dominant force in the low post because nobody's going in and challenging him. Yeah, but that was the hallmark of the Knicks was their yeah. defense. And, and Jeff Van Gundy really you know pushed that out and he got them to buy in. So they win the first round series against the Heat. And I thought, okay, that was nice, but now let's see. And then they sweep the Hawks in the second round of the playoffs. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, something really good could happen here. That was when Marcus Camby was huge. He wound up having just such a big series. It was, hey, maybe the Knicks really, as much as they're peaking, hey, maybe this is when these guys are starting to really explode. Marcus Camby always had the biggest potential in Toronto, you know, coming out of UMass. Maybe now he's going to be the heir apparent because the Knicks got him to segue from Patrick Ewing to him as the dominant big man because the Knicks always had a dominant big man. They had Patrick Ewing for years and now, okay, now we're moving on. We're moving on to the next part of of our existence and Patrick Ewing is going to just pass the torch to Marcus Camby and this is when Camby first started to become a real force this series and it was awesome now and as excited as I was because I'm a Knicks fan I'm kind of fatalistic because after they sweep the Hawks it's well we have Reggie Miller and here come the Pacers. And all I can think of is the, the eight points in nine seconds of sure. ridiculous crap with Spike Lee. And all I can think is they're just going to blow the doors off of us here in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's a nice run, and I'm believing in them. But now it's the Pacers, and it's Reggie Miller, and he's laughing at us, and this is what's going to happen. All right, we'll get to Reggie Miller in a second. I, I can't gloss over some of the legends on that Atlanta Hawks team. Oh, that was that was that was that was the uh who's taller Mike Fratello or Spud Webb uh <laughs> legend of the Atlanta Hawks. Well, no, but you got that was, no, that was way before that. You got Dikembe Mutombo. Mm-hmm. You've got Mookie Blaylock. You've got Steve Smith. There's there's your score. The first Steve Smith. Yes. And then Tyrone Corbin was still a member of this squad. I mean, that's now we're going in a way back mm-hmm. machine here. Oh, yeah. As a kid from Chicago, as you look at that roster, but they didn't get much of a bench contribution at all. Like you basically were playing their starters and well, they beat them down. Look, and the Hawks out defense on the outside shots. They had no chance. You know, people forget the Hawks were entertaining for a long time. You know, from the 80s of the Fratello, Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins, uh, Kevin Willis, human highlight reel era into the 90s. Okay, now they've kind of replaced and recharged. They were still a fun team. You know, they've, they've turned into a wasteland now, but well, still, yeah. you know, they were a fun team. Mookie Blaylock was a really good point guard. And this is a team that, you know, okay, now here come the Atlanta Hawks, and the Knicks just sweep them aside in four games. And it's, I, I'm just seeing this going, I, I can't believe this. But still, here come the Indiana Pacers, and now it's going to end for us. Yeah, they were fun and exciting. They inspired Pearl Jam's name. Uh, but wait, we move on. They You vanquished them. <laughs> With a, uh, a sweep, four games to nil, and now we, we go to Indiana. So in Indiana, I get the big dose of reality because here is the big injury that really might have changed things that season and how the NBA ended. Game two against the Pacers, they lose Patrick Ewing to a torn Achilles tendon. And again, this is where my Knicks fatalism takes over and I go, oh, it's over. They're not, they just lost Patrick Ewing, mm-hmm. even though he was older and he was, you know, he was still the linchpin of this team. And what are the Knicks going to do without him? How could they possibly now beat 
the Indiana Pacers without Patrick Ewing, their emotional leader, still their leader, still a guy that was scoring, you know, well for him and rebounding and still the, the guy you had to stop on the team, even though they had other players, you know, guys were still starting to get into their bigger roles, but Patrick Ewing was still the guy. And then you lose him and it would be easy for the Knicks to say, boy, this has been a great run. What a, what a bad piece of luck we have here. And now we're just going to go home pretty quietly. Well, but this is why you ended up paying Allen Houston. This is what you have, you know, from some of those veterans bringing in Marcus Camby and Larry Johnson. You know, folks remember him for commercials. For a spell, he was a dominant force, but overshadowed, I think, because he never hit that mountain, right? was a fun personality. I think today's age, player like him doing a little bit of that and commercials, you might look past how bad the Knicks have been if you were playing for them now. At least he's fun because you haven't had a character. You had Chris no. Porzingis yeah. for a flash. But just think about the mix of players on this team now as they're navigating the playoffs in one of those last gasp runs. You know, sure. like it's Spreewell and it's Larry Johnson and it's Charlie Ward and it's all these guys and it's Alan Houston. It's like, what a ragtag group. It's like it's like one of those movies where you go, well, all right, kids, we, we you know, he, the, the coach shows up and it's a bunch of different ragamuffin kids who, who he's got to whip into shape to play soccer or baseball and somehow they find themselves in the championship at the end of the season. You know, that's kind of what this Knicks team was like. It's here's LJ who had a great career, but now he's moving on near the end. How is he going to finish? How is Sprewell going to finish? How are all these guys going to finish? And they caught lightning in a bottle in this moment in time. And here they are now faced with the biggest adversity in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lose Patrick Ewing. And what happens? Game three, my second favorite memory of the Knicks is the big Larry Johnson four-point play in which the <laughs> Knicks are losing at the end. You think, okay, they're going to lose game three. And LJ hits a three, gets fouled, makes the free throw, and it was stunning. It was stunning for the Knicks to say, well, how do you foul someone on a three-pointer and you allow them to make the free throw and the Knicks go on to win this game, and that's when I started to think, okay, maybe it's destiny. Well, maybe it's destiny for the Knicks. But it's one of those, look, and we can argue these two are blue in the face, what the continuation was. I can't tell you the number of times I threw a pair of socks, a shoe, or something harder at a television over Magic Johnson stopped dribbling long ago, and he got fouled at the top of the key, yet he keeps going, and now it's a continuation, and one. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> Not to say that, you know, my beloved Bulls didn't see a bunch of those for Jordan, but it, it never made any sense. And that's what you have here with Larry Johnson, right? Initiates contact. The foul doesn't come right away. Like you have a delay from the official. Ball goes in, and now all of a sudden you've got chaos. I mean, th this play, the way it, it shakes down, the Knicks are down 91-88 with... 15 seconds left to go. They're inbounding the ball from the Pacers side of the floor and they give the ball to LJ who gets the ball about five feet back of the three point line. Now there's 12 seconds left. You're down three, go in and get a hoop and foul and get back to the free throw line. Extend Try the game. Yep. But this is Larry Johnson then gets the ball and does one of those Carmelo Anthony ISO plays. Like I'm like, Wait, we're running an ISO play for Larry Johnson? I learned it from watching you, okay? Is LJ going to take a three? What is he doing? And, he, you know, he holds on to the ball, and I'm, I'm watching the t time tick away, and I'm like, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. 
And then he goes and he, he takes a, a quick jab step to the left and he hits his three, Davis with the foul, and you can debate the continuation part of it, but they run and they celebrate before, before he even hit the free throw yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. You know, They're he, back down at the other end of the course because I don't think he believed he got like they were going to call the foul. Yeah, he makes this shot and it goes through with – about five seconds left. All right, so with five seconds left, LJ running down the floor, and they're hugging each other because I made the three, and now he's going to the When would that ever happen now? Where you make a three, you're going to the free throw line. There's still five seconds left. You still have to defend to try to win this game. Now, here's the best stat I can throw at you from Larry Johnson. <laughs> he averaged for his career 1.6 three-point shots per game. <laughs> How about that? Iso ball in a three-point game with a guy who's taken fewer than two three-point shots per game. <laughs> I mean, it really is unbelievable. I really, that's when I thought it was destiny. And that's, he would, that's when his big LJ would be a big, he would make the L for LJ. See, it looked like time. the Too Old to Rock and Roll But Too Young to Die album where Ian Anderson's uh, giving you one of these. <laughs> he makes the free throw. The Knicks win the game. They were down 91-88. They wind up winning 92 92- 91 and that changed everything in the series that gave the Knicks a two games to one series that game was in New York even though they had to go on the road they win game five over the Pacers 101 94 setting up game six in Madison Square Garden they win they go to the NBA finals and it was really they got to win this game here we are it's in New York they got to we don't want to go to game seven and in game six this is when Allen Houston explodes. His second great moment he can remember is as, as a Knicks star. He goes for 32 points in game six, and Reggie Miller is just awful. This is when the Pacers count on Reggie Miller, and this was the beginning of the time when you understood that maybe the Pacers can't always count on Reggie Miller in, in, in big times in the playoffs because he would go on to miss a lot of shots in the 2000 NBA Finals mm-hmm. against the Los Angeles Lakers. And he goes three for 18 from the floor. The Knicks win this game 90 to 82. They move on to the NBA Finals. Larry Johnson hurts his knee, but I didn't care. I mean, I cared Larry Johnson was out. You moved on. Like, it doesn't matter. You, We're going to play with four and win the NBA championship because this is just death. This is it. The Knicks are going to win because. Because nobody has a season like this that doesn't end with them winning a championship. They were playing the Spurs, and the Spurs were great, but there was no way they weren't going to win. Charmed life. Everything had come together. They'd gone through and navigated all injuries. When they needed a big spot from Houston, they got it. Needed a big game from Sprewell. They got him as a number two. You got scoring a little bit and more balance as you rolled through. So, yes, it appeared that the... Charmed life for one Jason Smith and all his New York Knicks brethren. It was going to come to this, this ragamuffin group, as you labeled them before. Here they were on the precipice of greatness. I was so excited. And then what happened? The NBA Finals happened. What happened after was also the end of that era of the Knicks as we know them. And maybe... One injury that could have changed the course of NBA history. We have that coming up next right here. Special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, the 1998-1999, last time they were relevant, New York Knicks. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So the Knicks headed into the NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs, the eighth seed in the East, playing for the NBA championship, something you would never see now because an eighth seed is never going to win enough seven-game series to get past the elite teams in the NBA. You're just not going to see that. It's now. a stacked deck. No, it's- <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going to happen. The, the Spurs were the best team in the Western Conference. This was Tim Duncan. This was his moment to jump up and say, hey, I'm going to be a big superstar. Yeah, rookie it was of the year. David Robinson trying to put the exclamation point in his career with a championship. It was going to be the, the they called them the Twin Towers uh, in San right. Antonio. And the commercials that were on TV of David Robinson trying to bring Tim Duncan along. No, when they're playing one-on-one and David Robinson's house. No, Tim, the flower bed is out. I still remember those oh, commercials nicely done. trying yeah. to make the boundaries. Tim Duncan a star. The quiet star that he was for 20 years in the NBA. <laughs> they tried. Because David Robinson, I mean, became a more vocal guy. Years after he retired, not that he wasn't a, a one of the faces of the game, but it wasn't a he was. Let's go to David Robinson for a quote. <laughs> like he wasn't that. So the Knicks facing the heavily favored Spurs. I didn't care. I said doesn't matter. They're How's going money? to win. Doesn't How's matter money at this point. No LJ. No Patrick Ewing. No what? No, no matter who wasn't playing, they could play with three guys, and I'm taking threes. The Knicks are still going to win. <laughs> now the Knicks' defensive effort throughout the NBA playoffs was. Astounding! They did not allow an opponent to get to 100 points in any of their games. I mean, again, this is back in the rough and tumble days of the NBA, the late 1990s, but still not allowing a team to get to 100 is a very big deal. And San Antonio's point totals in the NBA finals, 89, 80, 81, 96, 78, 
the Knicks still played great defense. Unfortunately, the Knicks point totals in the NBA finals. Wow. 67, 77, <laughs> 77. That's, not, that's like a good three quarters from the Lakers now. A wee bit sluggish, as it were. Because the other thing is, when you go back and you watch clips of this, either NBA TV or YouTube, and, and go back through, you, you notice how few three-point attempts there are. Right? I mentioned Larry Johnson as an individual. But for the teams, game for game, if they got to double digits, it was a big deal, mm -hmm. right, as a, as a team, unless Reggie Miller was out there or something to that effect. But for the most part, it was a let's still get the ball into the low post and grind away, and both teams here certainly structured that way. Now, this was a reality check for the Knicks in the finals. They lose the first two games by double digits at the Alamo Dome, and my – Destiny for the Knicks is sort of wavering a little bit here. Started feeling a little sad, yeah. Look, look, without Patrick Ewing, they couldn't slow down Duncan and Robinson. It was impossible. Would this have been a different series if Patrick Ewing is playing? You're damn right it would have been. Well, you at least have another big body to beat the hell out of him down low. You would have found a way to get Ewing and Marcus Camby on the court at the same time. Right. And could you have stopped Tim Duncan? No, Tim Duncan, this was the beginning of him. You know, look, first year in the NBA, and he took the NBA by storm, and he was unbelievable. All right, just for Tim Duncan for a couple of seconds, even though this is about the Knicks. He came out of Wake Forest, and we thought he's going to be a really good player. And he's one of those few guys that right away, within the first five minutes of his first game, this guy's special. The way he used the backboard, mm -hmm. the way he went about his business, and the way he was able to deal with the harsh spotlight but still be someone that didn't provide any headlines. He was a superstar right away. And you knew this guy was going to have a long career in all the Spurs championships. There's one link. It's Tim Duncan. But this was the first year of, man, this is going to be Tim Duncan's NBA. You know, we're looking at what's going to happen after Michael Jordan retires, who's going to be the next star. And certainly Kobe Bryant is in his infancy in the NBA, and we're still a couple of years away from LeBron James. It's, boy, this is going to be Tim Duncan's NBA. Now, granted, he wound up sharing the stage with those players for the next 15 years, but he was the one constant. They won championships, and Tim Duncan was, you were saying, oh, my goodness, how lucky did the Spurs get in the lottery? How lucky did Greg Popovich get? Well, that's to say, you're, you're able to, in an age where you're still looking at the big men, not that centers don't have their place now, but it's certainly a different NBA, talking about the way you're, you're looking at more three-point shooting, more not really going down into the low post and slowing it down. I mean, these game totals, people would be complaining how unwatchable this was. Yeah. Because they did it with the Spurs for years, mm -hmm. right? Tim, ah, oh, he's boring. They're boring. They're effective. And he uses angles. My God, he actually learned something on the basketball court <laughs> of how to use the backboard to his advantage. Nobody does that. How dare he not go for the <laughs> swish? And use the backward. He's is he yelling glass all the time? <laughs> no, he's just putting thirty on you. So the Knicks, they they would have stayed in the series more, uh, but it would have at least gone seven. And I like the Knicks' chances because that's exactly what they would have done. It would have been they'd have thrown Ewing and Camby at both of them, and would they have slowed them down enough to make it a series? Yeah, they would have. Uh, but obviously they couldn't. And when you run into a team that is that much better, this is what's going to happen. The Knicks win Game Three. And they restore hope a little bit, but they lose game four at Madison Square Garden, 96-89. They trail three games to one going into game five. And this was, okay, let's stick a fork in the Knicks because even if they win game five, they got to go back to the Alamo Dome and try to win game six and game seven. Were they really going to do that? But still, they give everybody hope. 
it comes down to the final seconds, and Latrell Sprewell has like a, a crazy reverse layup that he actually puts up after the buzzer, but it would have been ruled good if it went. It doesn't go. The Spurs win 78-77. I remember Sprewell doing an interview on the court afterwards saying, I'll be back next year. I'll be back. This is my team now because he really became the number one star of this team. You know, he went from coming off the bench early into becoming a star, into being, okay, this is now who we got to build around because he was their leading scorer in the playoffs. He scored 20 points a game in the playoffs. The only 20-point scorer the Knicks had. It became Latrell Sprewell's team. And he said, I'll be back. He was really upset, disappointed, and I thought, okay, this is going to be the springboard to a lot of success. But still, watching the Spurs celebrate on the court, and Tim Duncan's got his personal video camera. He's taking video of all his teammates and everything. And it was, boy, what a great run for the Knicks. It didn't strike me that this would be the last time I would celebrate the Knicks getting this far. Basically, it's really kind of crazy, life. isn't it? But that, but this was it. I mean, th- that was as good as it was going to get. I mean, you got that ragamuffin, yeah. ragtag bunch of kids. I mean, that's the kind of run it was. The, I mean, like it was an odd year, right? Jordan mm-hmm. finished off the Jazz in June, and then he had a long lockout. We didn't know if we were going to work. You got Patrick Ewing. He became a voice with his famous quote. We make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of money. I don't know if it was this lockout or the others, because there were several. Uh, and the fact that they have more labor peace now is a very nice thing, because back in the day, really volatile uh, with the late David Stern. But when we look at where where we were for that year, I mean, it, there was no semblance uh, that you'd ever get that cohesion, right? So right. many guys changed teams in the offseason. Like, all right, normally... 50 games in is really where you figure it out. You talk about the trade deadline and grabbing a missing piece or two along the way. During that season, mid-season, right? They canceled the All-Star game and everything else based on when they start. You don't you don't know what you got. <laughs> no, and that's mm-hmm. another reason why I thought the door is open because now the Knicks have a deep team. Jordan's retired. Yeah. You know, okay, he's going to come back eventually, but he's retired for now, <laughs> so the door's open, and the Knicks are going to be really good. And next year, they did win 50 games, and it was all right. Hey, they're still rolling. They get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they lose to the Indiana Pacers, and that was really it because the Knicks trade Patrick Ewing to the Sonics after Camby doesn't really develop as they thought he would. And that was the slow piece by piece dismantling of the Knicks. And then here comes Isaiah Thomason to run things. And oh my goodness, oh were the odds a struggle. Look what you did. But you know, look, they, they, they validated the next year. They said, okay, we're still a really good team. They get to the Eastern conference finals and they, they can't get by the, the Pacers and the Pacers move on to the NBA finals where they lose to the Lakers. And it was just, Okay. That moment, the trade of Patrick Ewing to the Sonics, that's really the end of the Knicks era. And then players who didn't progress were kind of sold off, finished their careers, and they weren't replenished. And just a season before, it was, boy, look how deep the Knicks are. Look how good we're going to be. And then it was, oh, no, no, no. That was really a one moment in time, and now they're done. You want to sing one moment in time for the good people? Give me one moment. Or a moment like this. I think it would more be a moment like this now. Some people wait a lifetime, buddy. They do. You've been waiting 20 years. That's about, what, it, to get back to that's about what American Idol started, too, right? Yeah. Early 2000s. Pretty, pretty close, yeah. And some people wait a lifetime for a moment like There's that. There's no question about that. All right, so that was the 1998-1999 <laughs> New York Knicks full of highlights, full of drama, full of injuries. That run that, that we still can't forget. And look... 
of the two teams that year, the Knicks were more memorable than the Spurs because the Spurs just kind of took care of business all the way through to the NBA title. But you know, look, they were the Spurs of Robinson and Duncan, and we're just going to go about our business. And here are the Knicks who, you know, kind of grabbed everybody and said, hey, here comes an eight seed. It's a big market team that is playing like the Cinderella. And it was really interesting to follow. They had the big headlines. They had the big shots. They had the big injuries. They had all the attention. It was Knicks, 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 Knicks. And I remember that year, it was the year before the Lakers became the Lakers and went to three straight NBA finals. And it was, we could see Knicks Lakers here in the NBA. Oh my God, Knicks Lakers. Oh my God, Knicks Lakers. And the world would have ended with Knicks Lakers in 1999. Oh, sure. But I mean, really, when you, you set up the season by going, what's Latrell Sprewell going to do next? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other part is yep. in today's headlines, mm -hmm. right? The way we look at our, our sports and the lens we have, when you add social media, the quick responses, players, Taking into their own hands, we've had some good, some bad, some ugly in that regard. Think about Latrell Sprewell in today's NBA coming out of that. How much attention would be on, and and would you be able to hold the pressure in New York game to game? Right. I mean, because that was one of the subplots of all this was would he hold it together for a full fifty plus a postseason. And he did and stuck around another couple of years. But yeah. And he was still pretty good. Yeah. He still averaged, you know, he played with the Knicks up until 2003. He still averaged 18, 19 points a game, but it just wasn't the same. You know, he, he didn't he didn't jump out, become the 24 right. or 25 point scorer he was with Golden State. He had his role and his role was as leader, leading scorer, but you needed a lot more. You can't just say, okay, we're going to get behind Latrell Sprewell. He's going to carry us. Not like you could say, we're going to get behind Tim Duncan. He's going to carry us, but he did play another four, another three years with the Knicks and he had pretty good seasons. Well, he ended up becoming a, a valuable cog for you. And I know you still have that game use headband uh, <laughs> that you bought all those years ago uh, in the infancy of online merchandising. And the, I mean, the other thing that we mentioned obviously was you, you thought you were going to get massive runs out of Allen Houston, mm -hmm. that he would become a 21, 22 point a game score. Never scored 16 point a game. They gave right. him all that money, never scored 20 points 17.9 is career high in 2002-2003. But otherwise, for the career, you're looking at a 15-point a game. Yep. They gave him all that money. He had never even scored 20 points a game. I mean, that was that that but that was that was the beginning. That's the first of the great Knicks signings that you could talk about. Uh, but with that in mind, let's take a look at some where are they now from the 1998-1999 New York Knicks. Now, unfortunately, a couple of these guys had gotten themselves in trouble. We're going to leave the yeah. scoff walls out of here. Uh, Patrick Ewing, of course, back at his alma mater, coaching, so we start with one of the positives. You got Herb Williams, who was an assistant for the Knicks for a couple of years mm -hmm. and has now made a nice career as an assistant coach for the New York Liberty for the WNBA, announcing huge deals and growth in that league as well. New CBAs going on. Uh, Charlie Ward, uh, full recovery, and unfortunately had a stroke. Mm -hmm. Does a lot of community work, uh, but he's a head coach of a, a voice developmental team at Florida State. Uh, and that's part of the Florida State system in Tallahassee. So you got that rolling for him. Uh, and then Chris Dudley was one I wanted to get into. Uh, he's a wealth management advisor but also ran for the governorship of Oregon back in 2010 as a Republican. Narrowly lost, raised and spent $10 million on his campaign. Do you think if he had made more free throws during his NBA career, he would have won? 
think that might have Do you think that's how he lost? Well, what's funny is he loses, what, 49 and change to 48 and change, and then there's some noise in there. Mm-hmm. And that's about his career free throw percentage, I think. <laughs> do, you th- do you think that's what his opponent uh, said? Hey, do you want to elect a guy that's shooting 37% from the free throw line? Can't have that. Come on. His career free throw percentage looks like what a superstar's field goal percentage is, right? 53, 46, 51, 50, 46, 51, 47, 44, 47. I mean, that's what it looked like. You can't vote for him. He can't make his free throws. <laughs> but yeah, an interesting lot put together for this this season back when you could still play defense and you watch that show up in the playoffs for what was a pretty magical run some 20 years ago. The best you've had. Yeah. The best had, the best there ever will be. Best there ever is. <laughs> Rest of my life. Uh, Bret Hart was a big star. Man. <laughs> that's our look back at the 1998-1999 New York Knicks here on the Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon podcast. Our show is heard every night, Monday through Friday on Fox Sports Radio, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. Hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Any teams you would like us to spotlight on future Special Teams podcasts, Let us know. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.